Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. So, as we record, we're yes. on the cusp of 30 days of yes. live football. Uh, the Euros, which will be seen each and every game, Andrew, yes. live with us on BN Sports. Sports. If you live in our part of the world, the Middle East and North Africa, or indeed New Zealand, uh, we record Friday morning. Correct. We shall get round to talking about the Euros shortly. Mm-hmm. We're in the company of football royalty, really. Would you go that far? Mm. No, probably not. <laughs> all, all Robinson's here. Robbo's with us. Yeah, we couldn't get royalty. Robbo said he'd step in. No, it's good to see the big man. It is very good to see the big man, who's part of our lineup as yep. uh, uh, being sports, as I said, cover the Euros. Gianfranco Zola's here. Really good to see Jan last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Schmeichel will be joining us. We'll also have Ruth Hullet, Arsene mm-hmm. Wenger, Bakary Sanya, which will be interesting. Marcel Desailly. Marcel Desailly. Oh, you forgot one. Go on. Jason McAteer. Of course. Come on, you. He's not, yeah. he's not going to forgive you now. No. You just realise that, that. You forgot. He's one of the best there is, you know. You, yeah. know, you know how early he prepares and how early yeah. he gets to shows. Yeah. He's ready, you know. He's always early. He, <laughs> Never late. He was ready yesterday for a show four hours before he <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jace. Uh, much to our amusement. Anyway, my name is Richard Keyes. This is Andy Gray. Yes. And we're in the company of Paul Robinson this week. Um, you're now listening to us. Well, you may be, uh, and if you're not, you can, uh, via the Acast platform, which is the home of all the top pods, sport, comedy, history, you name it. And it is very nice to I be part we, of we, the team. We'd cover all of that, wouldn't we? Sport, comedy, and Probably, history. yes, yeah, in, in, so. the same, in the same yeah, podcast, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I say this every week, big hello and a thanks to all of our new listeners. No matter where in the world you are, we really don't take you for granted. We know you have lots of choice yeah. and could use your listening time in lots of different ways as well. So we really appreciate that you've chosen us and you can follow us, uh, make a note, Robbo, on Twitter and Insta. Mm-hmm. That's, that's youth. Right. Rob knows yeah. all that. I'd have to um, get the kids to do that. Oh, no, you're up to speed, aren't you? No, that's not my bag, mate. It's not right. at all. No, it's <laughs> not. Not at all. At Keys and Grey Pod. You're like me then. Keys and A&D Pod. Uh, across Europe, of course, we're all looking forward uh, to the Euros, which start, as I said, tonight, mm-hmm. Friday, our time. Now, um, Andrew, I always offer you a little quiz at this stage yes, of the podcast. Yes, you do. 
a big jump in listening figures recently okay. in this particular city. Uh, here you would find Sloan's. Yeah. The Old House Arms. Yeah. Quinn's. Camp Hill Vaults. The Camp Hill. Oh, Camp Hill, South Africa. The Carnarvon Bar. South Africa, Cape Town. The Horseshoe Bar. Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it's taken you that long. Uh, yes, yes. I was, being, I was thinking more exotic, really. <laughs> the City by the Clyde. Uh, the Horseshoe Bar gave it away, yeah. <laughs> that Horseshoe Bar, I have to tell you a story, Robbo. You know, the Horseshoe Bar is, it's, it's a bar, obviously, the name tells you what the bar is shaped like. At one time in the early 90s, it was regarded as having the, the, the longest unbroken bar surface in the UK, certainly in the UK, maybe in Europe. And it was, a, you know, like, like you and I had to go and have a pint. Yeah. Everyone went in there for a pint. So we decided to take Mr. Keys in there one day in the early days of Sky. He was up to working in Glasgow with some friends of ours, Andy Melvin. Who was with Shreves with us? I think our gaffer was there. Vic right. Wakeling was there as Vic well. Vic Wakeling was there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we all go in and we order, I right, what do you have? I say, I have a pint of lager, pint of lager, pint of bitter, <laughs> pint of heavy for you. Yeah, Keezy, uh, could I have a spritzer, please? <laughs> Paul Ball stopped. Everybody stopped and looked at him. <laughs> Who is this imposter? The silence was deafening. The guy went, oh, what? <laughs> Where's this imposter come from? <laughs> oh, dear. I needed to be careful. I was working. <laughs> that was funny, the horseshoe. Oh, look, I want to talk about the Euros a lot today, but before that, um, you two are perfect um, to cover two stories at the moment that have no conclusion. Uh, one, Tottenham manager. Oh, Robbo, over to you. Oh, it's just been a fiasco, hasn't it? I mean, how long is it going to be going on? Daniel Levy sacked Mourinho when he did. The questions were asked about it. I personally thought the timing of it was terrible. So um, did Mourinho this you, week, saying he's won 23, 23 and a half trophies. 23 and a half trophies. <laughs> that's great. That's a trick. <laughs> but I, think, I just think Daniel's normally been brilliant. His decisions, the contingency plan, everything. But there just doesn't look to have been any kind of contingency plan. And at the moment, it just doesn't look like there was a plan. Every manager that he's spoken to or they've been linked with hasn't taken the job. And now they've ended up with a manager that doesn't exactly fill you the excitement, is well, it, it? It looks, it it looks, looks like he will today. be, yeah. It looks like Fonseca is, the, think is the man. But he's, he's gone gone about it the wrong way. He's employed the sporting director. And then it obviously looks like he's been entrusted to appoint the manager. I don't know whether that manager would have been chosen. Had the manager the who was sacked to make way for Mourinho. Well, the manager who finished mid-table in yeah. Italy and sacked. Then Jose took his job. So basically, Roma and Tottenham just swapped managers. See, if I if was in charge case. at Tottenham, you know, I, I, would, I would appoint Jürgen Klinsmann which I think would be I a really a popular show, choice the with I the think fans. That's a great show. Give myself 18 months breathing space. You're, you're, you're in for a bumpy ride anyway, Spurs, over the next five. I've said this to you before, five, ten years. I mean, if, if it's true they sacked Mourinho to save 10 million, that oh, tells you how much financial trouble they're in. Well, I think your Klinsman point is valid. If they sack Mourinho the week before the cup final and bring him in to have an impact between then now and the end of the season, if, at, the, at the time, if you like. You bring Klinsman in the week before the cup final, give the lads a lift, give the place a lift. Fans the would supporters love it. get mm -hmm. behind it. I think they would. And then you have a push for Europe as well at the end of the season instead of finishing with a wimper like that. Now, you're going to have to come off the fence at this point. What do you mean? I'm going to have to come off the fence. Listen to that, Rob. Everton manager. What about him? Benitez. No. Not for me. Do you want to think about that? No. <laughs> I, honestly, Rob, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, if if Good, he was, if he was the I best meant. coach in the world, I might. I might. Yeah. You'd have to seriously think about it. But I don't think he is now. I really don't. Um, and I, I don't want him um, to be Everton manager. I, I, his football's not brilliant. 
He's very pragmatic. We know that. He won two titles in Spain, being very pragmatic with, with Valencia. And we saw the kind of job he was doing at Newcastle. The Newcastle fans love him and think he was sensational. Ah, I didn't see it. Only because he fell out with Mike Ashley. Yeah, and that's I didn't the problem see it. with one of the many problems for me with Benitez. He falls out with, with, with I just, the I, management I, structure I, I, not for me. everywhere. I, I, I hope we don't go down that route. Um, and it surprised me a little when I listened to a lot of Evertonians who I've heard over the last couple of days think, well, maybe we could, maybe we should. No, I would. I, he would be, he would be way down. As I say, if he was the greatest coach in the world and he was available, then you'd have to, I'd have to swallow it and say, yeah, okay, let's have him in at Everton. But no, I, sorry, I don't want Benitez there. What no. about Steven Gerrard? Would you take him? It's different. Well, Steve is a, he's young, Ever talented yeah. manager. With he's, a he's also an Evertonian. Well, and he's <laughs> yeah, an Evertonian. Yeah, good point, Richard. Yes. We talk about Tuchel and Nagelsmann, the young, exciting well, coaches. Yeah. Why not Stephen Gerrard and Scott Parker? Why aren't they talking well, about the same? Would, would, would Stephen entertain Everton? Having just left Liverpool, what, I three think years ago? the timing would be wrong. I think I, he probably I would. I agree with but you. But I think he wants to have a run at Europe with Rangers. Do you and, not think he wants to, and I hate to say this as a Rangers man, but do you not think he also has half an eye on Liverpool? Oh, I think that's the end game, without a doubt. I think wherever wherever Stephen ends up after Rangers, if indeed there is anywhere, wherever he goes, they're going to be looking over the shoulder because when Liverpool come calling, that's his club. Mm. Uh, so England's footballers arrived, pictures of the family in their hotel nice, rooms. Nice touch. Um, uh, Scotland were handed hampers by their captain, Andrew Robertson, full of Arn Brew. Oh, I am Brew. And shortbread. And brewed shortbread. Oh, excellent. Well, I thought it was rather nice. Nice touch. Well done, Andy. Um, this is an unusual story, but I had to mention it. A police charity has been told it can't sponsor an under-15s football team because the word firearms is included in its name. The Police Firearms Association, <laughs> PFOA, wants to provide new kit for Charteris Football Club's youth side in Cambridgeshire. And the FA have said no. That's you can't do that. Yeah. FA are great, aren't they? But surely that helps raise awareness in, for the kids as well. Uh, uh, VAR lines are set to be thicker. This is the conclusion. Ah, of a, 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 solution at last. Yes. Excellent. Brilliant. A, a deep-rooted <laughs> oh, investigation into the shambles that is VAR. <laughs> uh, the changes follow a survey of club managers, captains and sporting directors. Fans' views of the VAR system will also be taken into account. Well, that's not true because no. if they were, they would drop it. Yeah, correct. The vast majority of fans don't like it. No. Um, but they're going to make the lines thicker. Excellent. Waiting for two years, um, by, by which time we will have automatic <laughs> offsides. <laughs> and kick-ins. Well, kick-ins are coming. No. I know no, you keep laughing at me, but no, kick-ins no, no, are coming. No, kick-ins instead of throw-ins in the defensive half of the pitch. Because the argument is that when you take a throw, you're one man down. David that's Moyes' not, piece not an argument. was brilliant in the Times yeah, last Saturday. And he made it. that point about how, how much... Uh, I mean, we, we've laughed at Liverpool employing a throw-in coach, yeah, yeah. but there, there's statistics now about where the ball's thrown. The one down the line, they don't use anymore. In, control, oh, switch. We, they still use the one down the line. So you've that. got, apparently, one man less when you're taking a throw for a millisecond, probably, millisecond. especially if you're giving the ball way, back. You, you also have possession of the football with that man who's off the pitch. Yes, but the, th the, the kick-in will come in because that apparently gets around that issue. Roll the ball in. So, I, I, I mean, I... Probably it will be. I can't imagine they'll just allow you to whack it in. So well, of course they will. Well, I, I don't think they can do that because Robert would suddenly. Robert would be at the edge of his 18 yard box, Big Sam, taking a throw and then smashing on the edge of the other box. Big Sam and Daishi would have, would have me on all throw ins <laughs> from the edge of the box to the halfway line and everyone would be an attacking set. Well, I don't think you can do you, that. You there'll, be, the, there'll be a reason, probably like we used to play when we play six aside, nothing above head height. Oh, or, oh no, <laughs> no, no, you're, being, you're and, taking it in the realms of I'm not, ridiculous. And what lines are they going to bring in to bring two and four? 
enforce that rule. I promise you. Five who, no heading at all. Kickins. Who's head height though? Crouches or Franco's <laughs> owners. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, I promise lines. you, it's coming. Yeah, well, I, it's I, coming. I, honestly, if you if they keep on tinkering with this sport and the way that they're doing. They're not going to improve it. They're going. They're on their way to. Well, the last count, David Ellery, who's now in charge of of these matters, had, had instigated 179 it's law changes since taking charge. Uh, 179. It's, it's extraordinary. Destroy it. Uh, breakaway players face work permits being revoked. Overseas players and managers at Premier League clubs who take part in breakaway competitions, such as a European <laughs> Super League, will have their work permits revoked under new rules from the Home Office. I rather think that would, would end up in court. Double mm -hmm. quick. Can't see that at all. I really can't. Um, I know what they're trying to do, mm -hmm. but but it, you're not going to stop it. The Super League will come in one form or another, um, not necessarily this upcoming season, but soon enough. Soon enough. England's uh, playlist ahead of football matches. They put. <sighs> What's it, what do you mean? The playlist coming home. What about played. the playlist? Uh, do you mean that before the game? Yeah. Yeah. So well, the teams are out in the pitch and yeah. warming up. Yeah. Mm. Not, no, not the dressing room, the, the, the stadium. The stadium. Uh, so we're, we're, the Scots me... have selected, yes, sir, I can boogie for Hamden. Yeah, yeah, okay, I don't mind and, that. And uh, the Welsh German techno band Zombie Nation. Yeah, we've also got um, the, the Proclaimers and ours as well. Yeah. And Run Rig, I think. I, I just well. wish they wouldn't play football's coming home. Why not? I, Go on I'll tell you why. I get it. You see, Robbo's laughing. <laughs> I, I get it from <laughs> an England point of view. For him. I get it. But. For, out, and I know it's an ironic song about the hurt that England have suffered mm -hmm. since 1966. I understand that. But it is not viewed that way outside the borders of England. It is viewed as a, an arrogant expectation that England believe, A, they're going to win the competition that they're in, and B, that football's home is England. And it's not. It's not. Okay, so... Many, many years ago, England gave the game to the world, but the world now owns football, not England. And that's how it's viewed. And I've always said this to Andy, you meet a member of the Football Association, or certainly was the case five years ago, walk into a, a, a meeting of international representatives, good afternoon, I'm Paul Robinson from the FA. And, and, and overseas members of different football associations would look, what, what FA? Oh, the FA. <laughs> you mean the English FA? I think you're just thinking too deeply about a song that just give the country a feel-good factor. I think you're analysing it too much. The I country, don't think it, has that it will meaning. give a feel-good factor. Yeah. Granted, abroad, it's it's viewed as arrogant. And that, that is a massive problem when it comes... And that's why I say it when it comes to trying to persuade people to give England mm -hmm. a World Cup, which they're going to pitch for again soon. Are they? You, okay. you, put, you, you irritate people, Andy. Oh, well done. You've got a European Championships. Yeah, well, yes. You're playing yeah. every game at home, Wembley. We've also got we've also got concerns about Sunday, 28 degree heat. What an irony! I'm sitting in Qatar, where everybody's been for the last <laughs> 10 years complaining about how hot it's going to be for a World Cup, and it's not. No. It'll be 20 degrees, yeah. and we're concerned about 28 degree temperatures at Wembley. I don't get that about the World Cup here. I go home, people say, "Oh, about the World Cup in Qatar, you work out there, you've been out there. How hot's it going to be? It's going to be boiling." Well, actually, no. The last World Cup in Russia will be twice as hot as it yeah. is here. Yes. It's dark at four o'clock, and you need a jumper on a night in the winter. <laughs> That's so true. You won't need a jumper. That's an absolute certainty. It is true. Yeah. Uh, so shall we turn our attention to the Euros? Yeah. Deal with England first, and then we'll be joined by a couple of guests that I, mm -hmm. I hope are well-known to many. Um, so football's coming home. Listen, they've got a great opportunity, but I think you get um, 
bit sidetracked, um, you know, being patriotic about the country, playing at Wembley and everything. They've got a really good opportunity. They can beat anybody on the day. But you look at the, the likes of Spain, France, Italy, Germany, Belgium. You forget the teams that are in there and what England are going to have to do, Portugal, to actually win this tournament. But Andy makes a very good point. England do have home advantage. A huge advantage with fans at Wembley as well. The good feeling around the country, which we could all do with at the moment after the last 12, 18 months that everybody's had. Mm. It's a real opportunity to do something for the nation, to, to put a bit of feel good in, into the country. And I think attacking-wise... Yes, look at the final two-thirds of the field. There's enough to scare anybody on that field. I think too often they play too defensive with the two defensive midfielders. They defend their weaknesses rather than playing to the strengths. I'd love to see a team where he just goes, do you know what, that's not the formation I'd like, but that formation gets me Foden, it gets me Mount, it gets me Grealish, it gets me Sterling, all in the team. I wonder, my only, my only thing with England, and they're all talented footballers, is age. Now... There's an awful lot of talk about your young talent, and, and quite rightly so, because it deserves to be talked about, because certainly this season it's, it's performed magnificently. Oh. But this is the first, first tournament they've gone into, really together. The Euros with 17-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds. And, and as much as England are so positive about that, might it be a negative, or is the mix good enough? I think the mix is good enough and I think the the youth in there, it's a bit of naivety as well because as you get older and if you've been knocked out of tournaments, you've been you've been scarred, whether yeah. it be on the pitch, whether it be in the press, mentally or whatever it is, you know what it's like to lose a tournament. These players are young, they're fearless and I think that'll be, that'll be an advantage to them. I mean, you look at the way Grealish played in the last two friendlies. He's missed a bit of the season mm -hmm. with his injuries at the will, end. Will he, think, will he be playing in football boots, do you think, or, or ice skates? Uh, <laughs> he's, he gets fouled, the The most boy. foul player in the Premier League, you mean? Really? Yes. He wins so many free kicks for his team. I don't know if Gareth will play him, though. Correct. He wins so him. many free yes. kicks for his team. And that wasn't a penalty, by the way. I didn't see that one. I'm about no, to say. I did. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Stay on your feet, Jack. Come on. <laughs> He'll, what if he wins your free kick that wins you the, the Euros? I would rather it be won the, the right way <laughs> than suffer those that might also feel that about gaining an advantage in that manner for their but team. Everybody does it. He's their own Not, not all quite like that. Jack's an expert. Sorry, Jackson, expert. You don't think he'll play? I don't know. I don't know if Gareth will pick him or not. Um, I'd like pick I, him. I'd definitely pick him. I'd, put, I'd play a midfield three. I'd have either Rice, Henderson or Phillips in the middle and I'd put uh, Grealish on Henderson, one side. Henderson, an unfit Henderson. I said Phillips or um, Rice, I think. That's Rice. interesting though. Here's the, the, that's the thing. We, you were, we were with Jason McAteer yesterday who actually made a statement that kind of pricked our ears up a little bit when he said... I, I what said, time are we on air? <laughs> apart from that. <laughs> apart from that. And why you got a call and tie on this early? At four o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. <laughs> he said he doesn't think England can win the Euros without Jordan Henderson in the side. And we just looked at each other. We yeah. were amazed, weren't we? Listen, I think that his leadership qualities are there mm -hmm. for all to see. I think the point Jason was making was he didn't feel there was any leaders on the pitch without Henderson around. But I think this, the players, Declan Rice or Calvin these Phillips. boys are leaders as well, yeah. aren't they? Really? Do you think England are over that, that dreadful era where players were scared to put the shirt on? I've had this conversation with Frank Lampard who, who said, yeah, I was one of those. I didn't enjoy playing for my country because of the weight of the expectation, the criticism, um, the ridicule from the media when things didn't work as they should have done. Are we over that? Um... Uh, did you feel like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. I was in the same team. In that 2006, the so-called golden generation that we talk about, at times when you play for England, 
if you won, you were expected to. If you drew, if you drew or you lost, you got slated. Mm. And that was just how it was. There was it was kind of a, a the benefits of playing for England were, were incredible. It was such a, a proud thing to, to be able to do. But there's certain games and certain times I certainly didn't enjoy mm. because you knew what was coming after a game. Um I think Gareth handled the media very well. I think he's integrated them with the squad. Um then the players are not untouchable to the media now, they're accessible. And I think he's he's handled that side of it well. But if they don't perform and if you know, if things don't go well, say, say for instance, they don't get out of the group, you know what will come in the media. Mm. Unlike the Prime Minister of the UK yes. and Ireland, um, I, I am aware that we do also have Scotland yes, and Wales we yes, playing we in this tournament. Uh, he wasn't when, when his no, representative wished, quotes, our team all the very yes. best. He was a bit remiss. Did he <laughs> oh, yeah, not know? I'm no, not well, saying no, that. No, 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 but in the Commons, he was picked up on it. Um, by Ian Blackwell, yeah. uh, um, SNP, uh, SNP. Mm. And, and he did concede that Scotland were there, but he also then forgot that <laughs> Wales were as well. <laughs> I mean, what a buffoon, well done. honestly. honestly. Well done. Let's join our guests, or rather, let's invite our guests to join us. Uh -huh. And those guests are uh, Mark Bowen, uh, who for a long time was working with uh, Mark Hughes yes. during his 17-year Premier League career and 11 years. top 10 finishes the pair conjured between the two of them. Why are they still at a what then? That's a very good question. Yeah. More recently, Mark was at Reading, where he took a long-term friend from Stoke to Reading and, and just told us before Charlie joined us, yes. and I have to reveal this, Charlie, uh, Charlie Adam <laughs> we're talking about, yes. he said, I prolonged his career. I, I took him to Reading and got him fit. <laughs> <laughs> I got him fit. That's scandalous. <laughs> Charlie, this is an outrageous slur. What have you got to say? Listen, I've been having it for years, and like you say, they um, they looked after me for a few years at Stoke, so I had to repay it. And um, no, listen, we had a good time. It just unfortunate circumstances that changed. It's a good club, Ball. I've told you, it's a good club. It's just um, difficult, difficult scenario situations with with what goes on, and um, yeah, you know, I never played enough games to to do that. But you know, it was great to work with them from a different perspective as a manager. You know, it's different as assistant manager where you could be quite friendly and mm. things like that but yeah. as, a, as a manager you have to be quite you know honest and open mm. about it and, and he was and it was great to work with him in, um, in fairness like I, I, before, I, I would expect you to say that Charlie but now tell us the truth <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and the thing is that is that that's the way we are and that's you know the thing the, yeah. the thing for me is like you say Mark and Bose Mark Hughes and, and, and Bose uh, record in the Premier League to not see them back in football or back in or involved in football again for since it's happened is it's incredible. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? I agree. Um, and You're back soon, you know, <laughs> yeah, and then and, and I'll be on the phone. Hopefully I was going to say, Steve, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you are you doing still doing the coaching stuff, Chaz, or not? Yeah, no, still doing it, Bolt. Um, yeah. been, I've been working with the under-20s at Dundee um, and the manager's trying to get me involved in, in a bit of the first team, which is, is hard because, you know, you you don't want to say too much because you're still a player. Mm. But yeah. if he asks your opinion, like, you know, I've been on the phone this week, he's talking about players and contacts that I have in England that can help him bring players in and hopefully That's we'll good. have a player over the line in the next few days that I've been involved in trying to make the deal happen. So you've seen a different side of it, but he's given me that responsibility. Still That's to good, be able good to that he's that. using and, Yeah, and he's using the experiences, my contacts that we have in England and, and trying to, to, to bring players in because, let's say, 
it, you've got to find these ones. So it's um, no, it's good, and um, I'll play for another year, and then we'll sit down and see where it goes. But um, yeah, yeah no, play, play as long as you can, Chaz. Play as long as you can, fella. I'll tell you, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time retired. I mean, it's a very good point he makes, Bo, about coach to manager. What are the differences? What What did you find in that respect? Well, like like Charlie said, you know, I got uh, twenty years as a, as a number two, and um, it was different. You, you you know, I told you before, people sort of classed me as, as an assistant all all the time, and yeah, yeah of course I was, and, and ultimately the buck stopped with Mark with Mark Hughes, um, but. Because of our relationship, having known each other since we were Christ, ten years old, if you like, I, it was never quite that way. It was I, I played a, a, a big part in, in, in everything that went on. How we prepared teams, what our our philosophy was, and you know the way we went about our work and everything. So it wasn't such a big step. But having said that, yes, what Charlie said is right. When when you got to make the decisions, it, it, it is hard for any manager, you know, in terms of naming the size and players. When you're working with players and and, and and you get really close to them. The hardest part, I find, is, is is leaving them out, and not just leaving the ones out of the team who may be on the bench, but guys who played all week. And then you've got to tell them they're not even getting stripped on mm. a Saturday. They're sitting in the stand or they're not travelling. Mm. And you, you know it breaks their heart because they're footballers. They want to be involved. They want to play. Mm. Yeah, of course. I think, I think. I think. I think. If I could jump in there, the thing for you, for Bo, is, is who's now obviously wants to be a manager, has been a manager. I didn't see it difference in you as a manager from from where you were as an assistant um that's just the character you are but sometimes you get people that they go above think that they they go beyond the the stage of they go from a first team coach to a manager and they think oh all of a sudden i'm in charge here i'm I'm in control but for me and i'll say on it was just you were more of still everybody's mate but coach but when you had to make the right decisions you made the decisions and that's one thing that sometimes it's difficult to make as a as a yeah. manager where you have to go and sometimes come in and nail somebody instead of a first team coach you could sort of you know go round it a different way but for you it was yeah. what I seen and obviously it was just like no this is how it is and it was it was good to be part of that and listen it's a learning right. experience it doesn't matter how much you've you've coached and everything but to be able to stand there and make the big decisions at the right time it, it is tough you also need well, to be it, it, you also sorry Bo well, sorry you need to also yeah. I think to be pliable I, 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 yeah. as you're talking I'm thinking Andy about the time we were on the radio at Talk Sport and mm-hmm. Billy Whitehurst joined us Yes, Billy was at Oxford Morris Evans was the manager and Billy I think we all know was a, a he's a tough guy he was a tough guy yeah um, and, and <laughs> Morris Morris Bo has, he's got the team on a piece of paper and he's putting it onto the onto the <laughs> whiteboard and <laughs> <laughs> Billy's hovering over his shoulder as he puts the keeper in and, and the back four. And Billy can see his name's not on this piece yes. of paper. Yes. And he said, uh, uh, am, I, am I in gaffer? And Morris looked at him and Billy looked back somewhat threateningly yeah. and, and, and Morris said, of course you are, Billy. Oh, you're yeah, in, Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I wouldn't pick a team without you, Billy. Don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> right, gentlemen, Brilliant. let's talk about the Euros. Oh. Um, what chance the, uh, the Welsh bow? Oh, does Charlie know we've got Paul with us? Oh, yeah, Paul. No, have I not mentioned that? Charlie, no. I, I, how rude of me. Yeah, knows yeah. Paul, Paul Robinson's this end as well, Charlie. Sorry. Really, really sorry. My, Hi, my, my Charles, you all right, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, Mark, obviously, I, I, I think we all agree the semi-finals are probably a game too far this time round, but what is a good Euros for Wales? Well, 
It is genuinely, it's one, the Welsh team, it, honestly, they could go out there. They've got, by the way, they've got a difficult, a really difficult group, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you have two games in Baku in, in Azerbaijan against the Swiss and, and, and Turkey and in the final game against Italy and Rome. So I are looking at the Welsh team and honestly, I'm not fudging the question, but they're capable of losing all three games 1-0 and they're capable of winning all yeah. three games 1-0. They generally are because on the day, on the day, Wales can beat anybody on the day, and I mean that anybody. They can beat. They could beat, you know, France like they did four years ago. They beat Belgium. They beat Russia. You know, they they're well capable of doing that. And the one thing I that I that I have been saying is that, you know, they've they've had the situation with Ryan Giggs, and and now you've got Robert Page going in, and obviously before that, Chris Chris Coleman. But really, the system hasn't changed since since really Gary Speed sort of handed well, I didn't hand over blessing, but Chris Chris Coleman took over from mm-hmm. Gary. And they play the same system. They play, you know, the, the same, the same. Everybody's got the same jobs, more or less. Um, I'm looking back to four years ago when they did ever so well. Five years ago when they did ever so well, and it's really only the back players. You know, they've lost Ashley Williams has dropped out of the situation. Obviously, James Collins isn't there. Neil Taylor, perhaps. But from there on in, they're more or less got the same players they had to choose from then. Plus, they've obviously got the likes now. Harry Wilson, David Brooks coming in, Dan James coming in. So talented young players, and Purdue coming into this into the situation. So I actually make them a stronger squad, a better squad, let's say. So final this then. Time we'll <laughs> so final then. <laughs> Charlie, what a, Charlie, what a, what about Scotland? I mean, actually, as you talk, Mark, you're persuading me that Wales have got half a chance. Um, <laughs> what what about Scotland, Charlie? Well. For 88 minutes, I thought we were going to win it against. I thought we were going to win the Euros against Holland, and then Depay steps up and scores a free mm-hmm. kick. So, yeah. um, not I, I think. I think there's more. There's a there's a buzz now around around the country. We we seem to be. Listen, I think we've got some good players. I I, I do think that adding Gilmore into a squad yeah. makes makes us better. Uh, I think he's a, I think he's a top player. I, I really do. I think he's got a huge career ahead of him. Um, and I think he's probably the only one in the squad that's capable of being able to go and dictate a game for us, as in get on the ball, express himself. You know, he's he is he can pass it. He can you know he's listen. He's playing at one of the biggest clubs in in England and in Europe. So I hope that he can he he plays. But um, no, I'm I'm quite confident. I think like Bo said, if we we have two games at Hamden and obviously we play England at Wembley, I think if we can if we get something at the first game. Yeah. Um, then, then we'll have a right chance. What, what, and, Chal- and if you, oh, like say, Chal- let me ask you about. If you, go on. If you win that first game yeah. at Hamden, then I think that can get. I think three, four points can can get you through. If we can get four points out of two two home games, which is a huge ask, I think that'll that'll be enough to get us to four third place, and that'll maybe sneak us the best yeah. third place um, into a playoff did you into play, the next round. Robert, did you play for England against Scotland? No, never played against Scotland, no. But you can imagine the atmosphere. Obviously, the stigma around Euro 96 and the atmosphere the whole country had. I, there's a lot of people that write Scotland off, you know, when England plays Scotland. It's a one-off game. Don't. The, the, there's a huge... No. The, the atmosphere, the, the, the whole stigma around the game. I, from an England point of view, I'd be concerned going into that. You look at that group, and it's, it's a tough group for England. You know, World, World Cup finalist, Croatia, tough game. Scotland in a one-off game, anything could happen. And the Czech Republic beat England six months ago. You, the only thing that worries me, Charlie, when I look at our, our group there is, and I don't know if you, you would agree, is I'm a little concerned about the lack of goals 
um, at the top end of the pitch. Am I right to be here? Yeah. Do you think we're okay with that? No, I, I totally agree. But I think, like both said, you, you know, if you can if you can nick one at a yeah. set play yeah. with a Hanley or you know McTominay, very good near something like that, and then also you could you know you defensively strong and give yourself a chance. No, we've not got natural goals. Well. I think Shea Adams is somebody that gives us a bit of you know something different. He mm. wants to run in behind, especially in a, a game where you play England and. England might have a lot of the ball. There's nothing worse than not being able to get out. Yeah. We had it last year at Reading, a bit frustrated with certain players who couldn't hold the ball up and, and it kept coming back, kept coming yeah. back. It's well seen he's coaching now. But it keeps coming back and then all of a sudden it, it, it's hard for the defenders and midfielders because you get frustrated and then all of a sudden you start making bad decisions. So, if we, you know, for Adams to be able to go and stretch the play yeah. and get us up the pitch, we can make a difference. I, I think Dykes is is a different option to us. I think I, I'd like to see the two of them play together. I think we will play three five two. So no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And like I say, if we can nick a goal and get something at the first game, that then gives you the confidence and the belief to go on to to the next game. Well, I, I was going to say sorry, Rich. I was going to say that, that if you think three five two, I guess my next question is irrelevant because I'm thinking, how do you get the best out of two of the best left sided fullbacks really? that are around and, and Tierney and Robertson so I'm guessing you're thinking Tierney will play left-sided centre-back do yeah I do think he'll play I think he'll play in the left I think Robertson will play as the wing-back yeah. um, and, and at times you've seen them being able to to dovetail a little bit and, and, and Tierney will go on beyond Robertson and try and play in that wide area but yeah. then that will allow whoever plays right wing-back I, I hope it's Patterson I think he is yeah I, I, he was a late inclusion from Rangers is Nathan Patterson you're talking about isn't it Charlie yeah yeah. He's a young kid. He's played played 10, 15, 10 12 games last season. Um, you know, defensively good, can mm. as athletic, can go forward. So I would like to see him play good on the ball. So when when you know Tierney's bombing on, I think he can go and tuck in on that right hand mm. side, and and the other centre back could shuttle over and make it a three again. So no, it'll be good. And um, listen, we've had a couple of decent results recently yeah, um, against Holland and Luxembourg. So. We're going in with confidence, and like you said, the first game is crucial, and um, yeah, there's great. a buzz about the country at the moment, which is which is good, like, especially after the pandemic. It's like um, yeah. Wales, same sort of format you've got as, as Wales had in the, in the last Euros, where on top of the first the game, Davis. Wales, uh, Slovakia in the first game, and, and managed to yeah. get a result, and then they played England, yeah. they got beat. But because they got the result against Slovakia, I mean, ultimately they beat they beat Russia, but they only went into that last game against Russia needing a draw to yeah. get through. And it's yeah, the and same thing. I, I look at Scotland now. If they can get close some sort of result against the Czech Republic in the first game, it does take enormous pressure off them going into that England yeah. game, doesn't it? I, 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 for, for, for weeks in the last months or so, I've always I've kept thinking England, you know, got a right chance of winning it because it's at home. But seeing them in the last two friendlies and these lads that have played in the Champions League have not played in the friendlies. They've, you know, these used players that have not even in the squad. I don't just not sure how these lads that are coming straight into a major competition with no games in maybe 10, 12 days, how they're going to be. Um, so England, like you say, if they do get beaten that first game and all of a sudden that blows the, the group right open. Um, so it's, um, yeah, listen, it's, it is a tough group, but we all, listen, if we can get, let's say, four points would, would be brilliant and it gives an opportunity yeah. to qualify. What about uh, Bale and Ramsey, Bo? Uh, uh, have either got anything to prove? And if they have, can they? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know about something to prove. People keep talking about Gareth Bale and, you know, is he the same player? I, I sort of smiled because I, th- I think to myself, well, can't be the same player. I mean, it was five, five years ago. I mean, yeah. he's, he's getting a bit long in the tooth now. Yes, he's, he's still got the potential, as he's shown over the last probably couple of months, certainly, that, you know, in any given moment, he can he can transform a game with a pass and with a, with a little burst. But that absolute, you know, energy and that, that change of pace that he had all, over 90 minutes, which terrified teams that that's probably gone for good I think but it doesn't take anything away from the fact that he's still a match winner the question for Wales going into really the whole tournament is that they've got they've got three key players Ben Davis Joe Allen Aaron Ramsey who basically haven't played hardly any football for the last six months between them um, they've played yet and that's all three of them started for an hour against Albania the other day and Wales do nil nil and it's with Robert Page being a, you know, obviously a little bit experienced in, in, in the situation, what does he do, especially in the first game? Does he have them on the bench where you're thinking, well, OK, you know, we'll bring them on after an hour, but after an hour, the game could be lost. Mm, or do you yeah. start all three of them and think, well, we'll keep an eye on them and maybe have a look to change them after an hour or 70 minutes? But start them those both. three, start along them. with like Bale as well, key men. Yeah, you've got to start them, I think. Yeah, start to, to, I mean, we, we talked about how you prolonged Charlie's career, Bo. Do you do you carry any guilt that you persuaded Joe Allen to join Stoke and ruined his? <laughs> That's scandalous. That's a shocker. Is he taking responsibility by ending my red? I've seen nothing on that <laughs> I thought we needed a chuckle. Guys, listen, thank you both very much. Charlie, before you go, maybe you yep. can't, but yep. what, what was the daftest thing you ever saw Ian Holloway do? <laughs> how long have you got? Uh, how long? Yeah, exactly. How long have you got? <laughs> no, the, best, the best story I've got is that one time we, we played Derby Boxing Day away and we had, didn't know the team. We'd meet, meet straight at the hotel for pre-match because Christmas. And um, he just come in, the lads were having pre-match, said, listen, lad, there's no meeting, no video analysis, whatever. If your name's, if your name's underneath a teddy bear, make sure you take the teddy bear. And if your name's under there, you're playing. If not, you're the the club. And that was it. <laughs> were they laid out in formation? <laughs> yeah, no, information, information. Four, three, three. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's great. Brilliant. Uh, thank you Brilliant. again, guys. Thanks, Charlie guys. and Bo, thank you for thank talking you to us. Care. Thanks. Really thank appreciate it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that's very uh, Ian Holloway, it isn't is. it? <laughs> you just couldn't even begin to imagine no. the players' faces, could you? If a load of teddy bears. Under the teddy bear, you're in. <laughs> Take a teddy bear. If it's not, you're a... You know, <laughs> can, you, can you imagine when the lad just picked it up and he wanted his name and just said, yeah, right, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> uh. Uh, in closing then, uh, Robbo, of England naturally, um, and, and it's only right, as you say, there's there's no reason why every nation starting can't think big. Yeah, everyone, everyone should. And does. we do need, and you're right, at, at home particularly, something to get excited about after the 18 months or so that we've all endured. Um, what what is same question to you about um, as I mentioned to Charlie and Bo? What what's a good tournament for England? A good tournament for England is winning it. I can think, they? I think they can. Yeah, I, I I don't think they will, but I think they can. 
I think they've got the players there in a one-off game. You need a little bit of luck in the knockout stages. You need the bounce of the ball. You need a referee's decision. It's not going to be easy. You know, people think you know, it's, it's, it's coming home. It's at Wembley. Yes, they've got a huge advantage. Yes, there's a lot of things pointing towards England, but they've got a lot a lot to get past to, to, to lift that trophy. I think a successful tournament for England is lifting the trophy or at least getting to the final. They're, they're capable. I agree with you. I mean, the, the key for me, I think, Rob, when the big moment for, we talk about the luck of the draw and who mm. you're playing. And if you look at England's route through, they win this section, which they should do. If they win the group, is a stinker of a route. Well, this is what I'm saying. So, you know, if you win the section, Richard, they've then got to face France, Portugal or Germany in the first knockout stages. Now, come on, that ain't a gimme, is it? By any stretch of the imagination, those are three three teams that the, one of those three teams they face will probably be in the, the, the six or seven most fancied teams in the tournament to win it. So England's route through, um, if they win the section, will be, will be a difficult one, but not impossible one. Um, I like Rob will think they can. They've got the ability to, but I also think that about four or five others. And I think like most tournaments, things like, listen, we're going to have VAR controversy, whatever we say, whatever we think, we'll play a part in whoever wins well, it. We, we did at the World Cup, whatever they say and whatever yeah. Infantino tried to persuade us. Um, it, it was a mess and, and actually, it, it, time and again, big decisions were incorrect. Correct. So that's going to affect who wins it. I've got a predictor here, Andy, sorry to interrupt you, that if all the groups go as you would predict, normally the other ones to first, yeah. second or whatever. So England then play Portugal in the last 16. Quarters, Spain. Semi-final, Germany. Final, France. Mm. That could be England's route through. There you go. So if they win that, we're going that route, then I'll have deserved it. That's all you can say. Yeah. I quite like the meme that, that, that we've all seen and uh, gets regurgitated at this time of the year. I'm, see, I don't understand gambling, but apparently England are 12 to 1 to win it. Uh-huh. What does that mean? So, well, if you put a tenner on uh-huh. at 12 to 1, yeah. you lose a tenner. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> If you're giving me 12 to 1, I'll have a 10 over <laughs> Thank you for coming out to see us. Paul Robinson, part of our Being Sports coverage over the next month for Middle East, North Africa, and New Zealand, as I said at the start. Whole host of guests with us. Uh, now you've found us. Get in touch at Keys and Grey Pod on Insta and Twitter. Keys and A N D, Keys and Grey Pod. Uh, leave a review and also tell your mates that we're here. We're on Spotify as well. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Why don't you mention that then? Well, most people, and Apple, and obviously all the other right, all right. pods, yes. sites, and if you subscribe, it downloads automatically. Okay, if you've got Alexa, you can ask her now just to play it. I've only just got back. I'm working on Alexa. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next week. Have you got Alexa? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Got we'll, two, two in the house. They're very obedient. They're very good, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank no, you, Alexa. Robert. No. I'll, I'll get one. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I'm lonely. deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.